Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Jamie, incredibly grateful to be doing this again. Each time we record one of these, it's kind of like playing or coaching for me. A few minutes before we hit record, I start to, you know, sweaty palms, heart rate goes up a little bit. It's like, okay, we're doing something that actually matters. It's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that because it's your body telling you it's time to go. Right. And we actually talk about that with our guests today a little bit. And it's perfect because uh, we talked to Hannah Huseman today, who's a member of the Philadelphia Phillies organization. And she's a mental performance coach with them and comes on in like unbelievable energy, unbelievable intensity. Um, and I would, I would love to be coached by her in some way. Like I would love to walk into that room and say, this is what I got going on. Help me get better at it. Cause I think just got a super interesting handle on how to get there, you know? And as an athlete, I'm like, yeah, that would be great. Um, but even in my personal life, my professional life, like, help me figure out some of the stuff that's going on in my head. So, um, that, that sweaty palm feeling, I absolutely feel the same thing. My heart rate start an hour and a half out. I start to like feel it, you know? And, uh, it's awesome because it gives, it brings back that sense that what we're doing matters and it matters because people are listening and engaging with us on social media. Like we always ask to continue to do, and it's been super cool to see that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited as always. No. And you, you talked about social media, just a short plug, but we just started a Facebook group exclusively for eyes up mindset members. Um, you can find us online on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, join us. What we are about is continuing the conversations that we have in the podcast and helping you to connect with one another to get better today in some way. Um, so if you're into that thing, come join us. Otherwise, keep listening, share the podcast, give it away. That's our mission. And um, hopefully that you will do the same. Hannah Huseman. Hannah, thanks for joining the Eyes Up Mindset podcast today. Pleasure to speak with you. Hey, guys. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. One of our big things is to look for people that challenge us to grow and then to give that away to our listeners and hopefully help them grow. One of the things we love on social media is your mental sweat Monday. It's something I look forward to every week to say, give me something to think about for the week. So I wanted to thank, thank you for that, first of all, and then to challenge our listeners to go and check it out because I've taken a lot of value from it. Thanks for putting it out there. It's awesome stuff. Heck yeah. Thanks for the, the positive reinforcement. It's not easy, let me tell you, to put it out all the time, but it's like, Every time you get like a comment like that or any kind of encouragement or this helped me, like it's so worth it. So I'm, I'm glad I've, it's over a year and a half now I've been doing it. So it's, it's pretty great. So I'm glad you're getting something out of it and, and trying to implement it into your day. That was the whole goal to create awareness around mental skills. So I'm glad it's semi working. (laughs) For sure. So that's part of what you do, Hannah. What's the other part is you work for the Philadelphia Phillies as a mental coach what does that mean? Or how do you describe what you do? You know, if someone asks you, Hey, what do you do for a living? Yeah. So it's a great question and oftentimes a confusing answer. Um, but in the simplest terms, so my actual title is a mental performance coach. 
And so just like it says, it's a coach, right? So the way I say it to people, it's just like you have strength and conditioning coaches or you have hitting coaches or pitching coaches. I am another coach, but instead of solely focusing on physical aspects of your game, we are going to work on all of the mental aspects of your performance, whatever that can be. And so I think, I think the most important part of that is it's some mental health, but it's different than mental health, right? I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't do therapy and counseling and diagnose people. I strictly work on on-field performance, which is kind of the fun parts of the job, which can entail, you know, confidence, composure, resiliency, motivation, anything you could deal with on the field that's not physical, um, we can probably have a conversation around. So it, it's just, it's a coach, but we get to focus on the mental aspects and, and how you're mental performance is impacting your physical performance. That's what we like to focus on a lot. So what's your role in the organization specifically? How many of you are there? Do you work with the big league club, the A teams, the double A teams? There are a ton of layers to a professional baseball organization. What's your role specifically? Yes. And I appreciate talking to anyone who knows that because a lot of people don't know that and they think it's just the big leagues and it's so much more than that. Um, I think we, we have nine teams, I think, um, within our whole organization. So all the way from Philly to the Dominican Republic. Um, and we've even got an academy in Venezuela. So we, we've got a lot of moving pieces, um, but there's four mental skills coaches. Um, two predominantly work with our Spanish-speaking players because it's almost 50-50 um, split evenly, like almost 50% of our players um, speak Spanish. And then the other two handle most of the English speakers. Um, but so I am kind of double A down English speakers. Um, and so I have, uh, I'm the, I'm technically a mental skills coordinator. Um, and so I help coordinate pretty much all of the minor leagues and oversee some of the work that um, our two staff members um, who speak Spanish are doing um, and, and making sure our academy and the DR is running smoothly. And then I do have my boss, who's the director of our program, who spends most of his time in Philly, um, in Lehigh Valley, which is where our AAA team is. And yeah, that's it. We got four, which is awesome. We have four mental skills coaches. So it's, it's pretty cool. That has to be a dynamic change from past, right? I mean, you're one, maybe like five or 10 years ago. And now I, I think it's an exploding <laughs> industry in some ways. Yeah, for sure. So when I first got out of grad school in 2015, um, I applied for an internship with the Pittsburgh Pirates, but it was like, there were few and far, like that was the only opportunity right then and there. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this. Like there were men, there were older people with more experience, people with PhDs and I had my master's and I ended up getting it, which was incredible. Um, but no, there, there wasn't a lot of opportunities. And just in the last five years, it's grown tremendously. I I was telling somebody the other day, I think like 27 of the 30 teams have full-time mental skills coaches employed. Um, and the ones that don't have like contract them out. So like they're still bringing somebody in. And then uh, with those 27-ish teams, more like almost all of them have more than one person. So like we have four and the most, I mean, very rarely are you like, there's one person for a team. Usually it's at minimum two, um, but you're right. It's like continuing to grow and just like strength and conditioning started off with like one strength and conditioning coach. Now it's at every level. And I don't know if we're going to achieve that level. Um, but it's, it's kind of going that way. There's a couple of teams that I think have five or six, maybe even seven mental skills coaches and, and like interns as they trickle down. But um, yeah, it's definitely on the rise. And I think, I think MLB is leading the, the headway in that as far as professional sports go, just, it's, it's just obviously a huge part of the game and they acknowledge that and they want to make it a part of the culture. So 
it's pretty cool to be a part of that, but definitely, definitely isn't going backwards. It's, it's definitely moving forward, which is super exciting. You talked about when you first started in mental skills and, and mental performance, applying for that internship and, and being a female in a male professional sport and competing for jobs against males. And, and my wife, who is incredibly influential with working with women in leadership roles, I'm passionate about that too and empowering women. How, how has that been for you and your, your business? And are you seeing more females? I mean, obviously we're seeing in other sports where basketball teams have female coaches now and football teams have female coaches now. Is that true in, in the mental performance field as well? Yeah, I think it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And it's not something that can be ignored. And again, even going back to like from my first internship to now, like, my first internship with the Pirates, um, I was the first female there. And so like I wore head to toe, the guys clothes. like I wore basketball shorts and a big dry fit t-shirt. And luckily I'm 5'11". So it wasn't horrific, you know, but there was like, there wasn't a female locker room in the clubhouse or a female bathroom. So there was like one little co-ed bathroom. And so they made, they designated that mine. And so it, it, it's a lot of adjusting, but it's pretty amazing how, how hard people work to try to get you to fit in. Like, and, and not even fit in, that's not the right word, but make it work, like make it work because we don't fit in. It is weird. It is different. And, and that's okay. And I think I have to embrace that. And one of the things I've really come to realize is it's tough to get in the door. Like it, it's tougher to get in the door as a female because it is a male dominated industry. Like I've never thought about having a female mental skills coach, never thought about having a female hitting coach, right? There's a coach with the San Francisco Giants who was on the field um, the other day for the first time, which was incredible. And there's coach with the Yankees. And so it's happening, like females are happening and everywhere. And I, I believe it's tougher to get in the door. But I think once you're in, if you prove that you have something to offer, and you're good at your job, and you're going to get the players better, it could potentially be an advantage just because it's another viewpoint, right? Like, some of the coolest conversations are people hire different people to get different viewpoints, right? If you just hire a bunch of yous, like you're just going to be saying the same thing around and about, right? And so I, I especially in my role, um, I think it can be an advantage to be a female because maybe guys open up more to a female than they would to a male. Um, and I, I definitely see that a lot. So I take advantage of that and, and really try to build that those connections that maybe they wouldn't be able to build with other coaches. It's fun. It's, it's interesting. It takes a tough breed. Um, it's not for the easily offended, the faint of heart, the, the quiet people. It's not. Um, you, you have to be bold. You have to be loud. You have to have a voice. Um, you have to say, stick up for when things aren't right and, and, and make those adjustments and challenge people and challenge yourself and, and figure out how you can fit in best in, in that world. Cause it is their world. And, and especially for mental skills, like my job is to make you feel comfortable talking to me and like in whatever way you are, like, trust me, be authentically you. And if I'm, you know, if I come in and I'm like, Oh, please don't cuss in front of me. Um, please don't dip in front of me. Please don't, um, you know, say that like, then they're like, I don't what? I don't want to talk yeah. to you. And so it's like, you have to have that tough skin and, and be willing to have hard conversations and, and, but also love it. Like it's still worth it to me. Like I, I've always been around sports my whole life. I had a younger brother, always in sports, always competitive. So it's honestly like a bunch of little brothers to me. I was always been like, come on, like figure it out. Like, let's go, you know, and now I'm doing it with a little bit more science behind it. It's definitely tough and you got to fight. And sometimes you got to do things that other people wouldn't have to do and fight for things that you're like, why, why do I have to even ask for this? You know, but, and then other times you're like, wow, like I can't believe how, how welcoming and open armed they're being. And, and it's, it's pretty amazing. 
So you compared it to strength and conditioning. We've made that comparison a couple of times where it's like, now it is just the standard. Everyone does it from youth sports all the way until you stop, even as adults, you know? So for mental skills though, I guess one of the questions I have is how, how is it facilitated? Is it mandatory? Cause again, now strength and conditioning, if you play sports, it's just expected that you're going to participate. Mm-hmm. My guess would be that mental skills isn't quite to that level, even though I certainly believe it's just as important as the physical stuff, but what's your experience yeah. with that? How do you, how do you guys facilitate it? And how does that look? Yeah, well, I'll start off by saying if you miss a mental skills session, you don't have to do punishment runs. Um, that's the first thing. Um, but no, it's 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 a fine line, kind of what you said, like, right? Because so mental skills is this finicky thing, right? And, and you almost have to be willing to want to do it. And if you're not, like, it's very hard to force mental skills. You can do it, but you may actually have worse effects than kind of just staying eaten, like neutral on it. And so we try really hard not to force it. But Um, If you're a minor league player in our organization, we're meeting with you at least once a month. And that is mandatory, like, regardless of if you're having the best month of your whole career or the worst month of your whole career, like we're meeting, even if it's five minutes, how are you check in? Do you need anything? And it's nothing and you're good and everything's great. And we'll run through a couple things. But um, we do we do try to mandate that. And it's we've done that for about two years now. And it's becoming the norm, you know, the, the, the new draft guys come in and new players come in and all of a sudden they're like, okay, this is how it works. Like if you're a Philly, this is part of what we do as a Philly, just like you work out, just like you have meetings with the dietitians, just like you have meetings with the English speaking and Spanish speaking classes. Like you go learn English, you go learn Spanish, like you're going to do mental skills. And so we work really hard to make it a part of the culture and what you do every day. Um, but there's definitely some ebb and flow on how that works. It's not like you have to do it or you're, you know, it's, we try to be a little more gentle um, because we want them to do it. You know, we want them to, to, because it's up to them. Like we, we can't force this on you. And I say that all the time. I'm like, I'm just the coach. Like, this is your career. This is what you want to do with it. I know this can help, but when you're ready, like come talk to me. And so it's, it's a lot of just like making sure they're ready um, because sometimes they aren't and that's okay. And, and we're there and we're still going to meet with them. Um, and so when they are ready, we've, we've kind of started building that relationship instead of just waiting till something awful happens and then they come meet with us. We try to, we try to really take the proactive approach. We talk about this idea that people like us, this is a Seth Godin statement, but people like us do things like this and that's what culture boils down to. And I would imagine, you know, mental skills can be this real reluctant space for athletes. Like, I don't know, I'm not really in need of that thing. I would imagine that the cultural kind of the culture wide perspective on it helps move players towards that. And is that just like, the mandatory thing saying, Hey, we're going to do this once a month and then just being present, you know, speaking the vision. How do you get that kind of culture wide perspective to encourage rather than discourage or like to move players closer and out of that reluctant space? Yeah. I think that's, I think that's something we're going to have to deal with for a while just because the general like view of sports psychology is, Oh, you're a head case. Like, Oh, like what's wrong? Like you're screwed up. Like, what'd you do this time? You're, you must be in a horrible slump, you know, just because that's, that's what it's been for so long. And um, I think people are starting to realize, I always talk about the dentist example and like a long, long time ago, you know, nobody would go to the dentist until their teeth were falling out. 
And then all of a sudden somebody had this genius idea that maybe if we go get check-ins like twice a year, we don't have to go when our teeth are falling out. And so I, I genuinely believe that that's what's happening with mental skills is people are realizing like, okay, wait, I don't have to wait till the, you know what hits the fan. Like we can actually be progressive about this and talk about this and give you the tools you need before anything even happens. Because I hate to be the bear of bad news, but you're going to fail. You're going to suck in the big leagues. Like you're going to suck in the minor leagues. Like it's hard. It's not fun. And, and if we can already equip you with things that are going to help you along that journey, like advantage you, right? Because it's, it's, everybody's going to face it. It's who can get through it the fastest, who can be resilient, who can stay composed under pressure and all of those things. Um, even when everything's like on fire around them, you know? And so it starts, the culture starts with that. Um, and like us being super passionate about it and us constantly hitting home the same message of like, we're meeting. Why? Be because that's what we do. You know, like we don't, we're not doing this because something's wrong. Like we don't fix things. We help, right? We're not, we're not therapists. We're coaches. Like, just like you're going to go talk to your hitting coach and he's going to watch you swing for a little bit. We're going to talk and I'm going to hear how your brain's working for a little bit, you know? Um, but it also starts with the coaches. Do the coaches buy in? Like if the coaches are backing what you're saying, that's huge like advocacy for us. Like, because it's, it's almost more on their level and on their language. And, and we try really hard, but sometimes it's just better coming from the manager, you know, or from a coach that they have a great relationship with or a hitting coach. And, and so we try really hard to make the relationships with the coaching staff um, really strong too. So as soon as a player is talking to a coach and says something about the mental game, they can be like, have you talked to Hannah? Have you talked to anybody? You know, like, what are you doing about this? Are you being proactive about it? And so um, that's a big piece of the culture too, is getting the staff to buy in. So it's a lot more than just like, hey, come talk to me. Like you're, you really are from the top down building that culture. And it, and it starts with front office. It starts with, does your GM believe in mental skills and think this is something we need to make time for? And, and the trickle down effect is, is very real. You mentioned it comes from the top and the, the culture of acceptance and the importance of it, those sorts of things. But as far as your services, do you guys work specifically just only with players or do coaches or other staff have access to you guys? Because from our lens, you know, we try to connect mental skills and, and these things in all aspects of life, because I, I truly believe that the skills that you're talking about, and we both have been coaches. And so we believe in the stuff that we teach carries way beyond the field. Do you, have, do you ever have coaches or other staff come to you and say, hey, I want to know more about this, this or this? Absolutely. No. And, and, and I love Matt because it's so true. Like it, that's the coolest part about my job is like, if I can get you to realize this on a baseball field, I can also get you to realize this in life. Like if you can be in the present moment on a baseball field, then you're going to be in the present moment in your relationship at home and you're going to be a better significant other, or you're going to be a better dad, or you're going to be a better business person after baseball. Like, and you're, you're, you truly are molding who they are as a person when you're working on your mental skills, even if it's, what kind of a driver are you in traffic? You know, when somebody cuts you off, like, can we teach you a little bit more patience? Can we teach you to enjoy crazy things, you know, perspective, all of that. So no, that's, that's a huge piece. And so we're, yeah, our door is open to everybody. Um, and, and we, we have awesome conversations with coaches and I've had a couple of cool conversations. And um, even in my first internship, I did um, with coaches who like didn't really do mental skills. I mean, they've been in the game longer than I've been alive. And so they're like, I didn't, I never did mental skills. And so we'd start talking and they'd start talking about imagery and how they'd take a deep breath and all this stuff. And I'm like, so you were doing it. You just didn't have the title on it. Like, and I'm like, now we have coaches who specifically teach that and make that better. And so those are really, really cool conversations where you're like, 
we didn't have that, but then they're like, mm, okay, yeah, I was kind of doing it on my own. So it's, it's the staff conversations and coach conversations can be really, really cool. And, and that's part of our job, right. To help them communicate with, with players better, um, learn learning styles, build better relationships with the players. Like that's, that's definitely a big piece. So it's really cool. We're kind of in the, in the zone that nobody really knows what happens. And so it's just cool. It's like, you see both sides of almost everything. And so it's, it's neat to see how we kind of from the back can help mold the organization as a whole, because we do see a lot and people do trust us with a lot. So, and, and we've worked hard for that trust. Like that doesn't come easily. So it's, it's kind of cool. I love it. I love kind of being in the middle of it all. So. That's awesome. You talked about major league baseball kind of leading the way in professional sports. I see a world. I mean, I come from, my background is mental health. So I've, I've worked in healthcare and hospitals and facilities and all these places. And I see a world where major league baseball, not only is leading professional sports, but all of business and our culture, because why, why would a hospital not need a mental skills coach for a nurse or a doctor or, you know, somebody even working in the office, we all struggle with this stuff. So I think it's really cool. Um, and I'm excited to, to hear you be so passionate about it and, and talk about how you get to lead and, and push that thing forward. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. When I, so in between my pirates job and the job I have now, I was actually in New York city and I worked there for a year and a half and I worked for a private practice and got to work with a lot of people outside of sports because it was just a private consulting practice. Um, and I worked with actors and actresses and VPs of companies and, um, surgeons and FDNY firefighters and like that was some of the coolest things I've ever done like because I'm like they're they're sitting here like we couldn't imagine playing in front of thousands and thousands of fans and I'm like you think these players can imagine running into a burning building like and so it was like this cool like mutual respect but like the same skills were used right they they all had to be in the present moment they all had to maintain their breathing they all had to, um, you know, have goals and, and set expectations for themselves and, and evaluate their, their performances, both good and bad. And so it's, it's, I couldn't agree more. And I say that a lot in, in um, conversations with people is, you know, it's mental performance coaching, right? It's not mental baseball coaching, it's mental performance. And like, if you're a human being, if you have a job, if you're in a relationship, if you are walking your dog, like you're performing to some extent or another, like, and you can always work on the mental aspects of how you perform, like in a relationship, in your job, literally in anything. And so I am a firm believer in that and, and think that's awesome for sure. I just, I played sports my whole life and can't imagine life without sports. And so that's kind of what's drawn me to the sport world as of now. So it's fun. And I'm definitely super passionate about that. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about the videos on Monday is you kind of just bring this incredible energy that is like, <laughs> let's go. And you know, it, it's a great start to your day. One of yeah. the things I think we, uh, you know, athletes think about is, oh, these guys at the, at the highest level, they just have all these natural tools and working with FDNY guys, VPs of companies, everybody just assumes they're in that position because they come with a natural set of tools that they're just really good at. Are there mm -hmm. things that you've seen of those high performers that comes very easily or are people struggling with the same stuff at every level? You know, I, Obviously, we have some assumptions about that working in this field, but what do you see to kind of, I don't know, answer that question about it, man, they just have to have it all together all the time. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. Yeah, heck no. No, right? Like, no, the, the best of the best don't have it all together. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's twofold, right? I think a lot of people are 
I don't know if you're born with it or if you're raised with it, right? If, if your parents raise you a certain way to like be mentally tough, to push through challenges, like I'm not going to help you. You've got to figure it out yourself, right? That's kind of how mine were and like tough love some people, but like, you know, now you look at the helicopter parent now and, and it's like the, the kid who never has to struggle at all. And, and we see that like players get to us and we're like, when's the last time you failed? And they're like, I haven't, right? They've been so successful their whole life. And then this is some of their first opportunities failing. And like, think back if you remember the first time you failed, right? Some of us can, because it was like literally when you're born, you know, like you're born failing, but like sometimes it's, it's and that's like a very hard time to go through. Like, especially as like an adult or a young man, young woman, like to go through a failure like that um, and not really know how to handle it. So um, I do think some of it is how you're raised, but I also think you can achieve anything that you want to achieve. I think you can alter it. You can be confident. You can be composed through practices and figuring out what works for you. I think the hard part is there's not one way to do any of the mental skills, right? So like what could work for me to make me confident may not work for you to make you confident. And that's the challenging part is making sure like, who are you? what works for you in different situations and who you are as a baseball player may be different than who you are as a person off the field. And so that's two other things you have to take into consideration. Like, I know you think this works for you off the field, but does it work for you on the field? Does it work for you when you're under high intense pressure situations? Um, and some of them don't know. And so it's so much about creating awareness and, and, and maybe even fixing and, and adjusting some things that they've done in the past that they think works for them. But really it's because their mind is elsewhere, but it's really not, you know, like an example is people think they play better when they're mad, right? When I get mad, I play better. And it's like, is it because you're mad that you play better? Or is it because you're not overthinking and overanalyzing all of the things you were thinking before? And now that you're mad, you're not thinking about it. Therefore, you think being mad equals playing better, right? And like, I love that conversation because I used to think if I played, if I played mad, I would play better. And so that's such a myth. So you just touched on it figuring out who you are in certain situations in life. And, you know, the term that's pretty universally thrown out there is self-awareness, right? But mm -hmm. it's easy to say, hey, you need to be more self-aware. And I think people understand like, oh yeah, okay, I need to be more self-aware. But what does that actually mean, one? And, and how does someone even start that process of becoming more aware so that they can eventually change something that they might need to change? Yeah, I love this question. Um, I think, so for me, self-awareness is the foundational blocks of all mental skills, right? Because I am not a mind reader, like as much as I wish I was. Sometimes I think I am, but I'm not. Um, and I have to be careful that I'm not, right? And, and so you, in order for me to help your mind work for you, you have to be aware of what's going on up there. And it seems like such a simple task, but sometimes, you know, especially in the heat of the moment, you're like, oh, I just blacked out. Like I didn't think about anything. And sometimes that's good. And sometimes that's bad. Like, no, we need to know what you were thinking about because you performed well so we can replicate that, right? If we're always just going out and doing something with no purpose, we don't really have any measuring blocks. And again, with the human factor, like there's not, I can't read you a sentence and say, go think this, this is going to work for you. And, and so it's a lot of like, knowing yourself, know thyself. I say that all the time. So start building self-awareness, like start becoming aware. Maybe it's as simple as like on a daily basis, like have, have like a bracelet on your wrist or something. And every time you look at it, you think, what am I thinking about right now? What am I thinking about? Like there's construction being built next to me. Like I'm, I'm hoping that sounds not loud enough in here. Right. Or 
I'm looking at this and I'm hoping, okay, well, I should be present in this podcast recording right now. Am I right? And so it's kind of just creating awareness around starting to notice what you're thinking and when you're thinking it. And, and then, and then you take that information and you really dissect it is, is what I'm thinking helpful to my performance. Is it hurtful to my performance? But it's, 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 it sounds so simple, but so much in life, we are not in the moment that we're actually in, right? We're not in the present moment. We're trapped in the past thinking about the mistakes we made or how much wrong we did or how much better we could have been, whatever, or we're stressing hardcore about what's about to happen. And so when you're doing those things, like there's no way you're being aware of what, what you're doing right now. Like one of the best examples is you ever hop in a car from work and you're driving home and you get home and then you're like, how the heck did I get here? Like, seriously, like I should not have been driving right now, right? Physically you were in the car driving, but your mind was anywhere but in that car. And that's a great example of like not being self-aware, like you just aren't aware. And so it's like, start trying to do small things, even if it's doing the dishes, like start just being like, okay, I have this gray plate in my hand. I'm watching the soap. Look how many bubbles are coming, right? Like start to just become aware, like, and try to be in the present moment as much as possible. That's how you create self-awareness is being in the present moment. It's, it's really getting in, inside your head and knowing, not changing and not judging yourself for like not being able to focus, but becoming aware, okay, here's when I'm really focused. Here's when I'm not. Here's when I'm performing what I'm doing. Here's when I'm performing poorly what I'm doing and start to build that, that journal of you. And then you start to figure out, okay, when I'm doing well, this is what I'm thinking. When I'm doing poorly, this is what I'm thinking. And then all of a sudden you have this huge cheat sheet for you of like what you need, right? Cause there's no cookie cutter sheet, but you could, you could make one for yourself, a temporary one. And so that's, that's why, and, and again, like you can't grow if you don't know. It's one of my favorite things. You cannot grow, you can't get better. You can't advance if you don't know where you are right now. Like. The starting point is where are you right now, right? You want to be in the big leagues? Me too. I want you to be in the big leagues. Where are you right now? Is that a one-year goal? Is that a seven-year goal, right? Like let's, let's check in on where you are right now and deal with where we're at right now in order to get to where you want to be. I think you said something really important because people sometimes can be self-aware in parts of their lives and then they struggle with it in other, other areas. You know, you may go to work and you're really good at work about being aware of, you know, your emotions, where you're at, being present, those sorts of things. And then you, on your drive home, you're totally still at work or you get home and you have kids or your spouse or your significant other, whatever, and you're still at work or you're wanting to be someplace else. I think recognizing where you're struggling or where, where you want to improve is that you, you have some of those skills. Most people have some of the skills in some areas of their life. It's about recognizing, being aware that, yeah, I do that well here. How do I replicate that in, in this other part of my life? So. I love that. I love that. And I, and even taking it a step further, I think it's hard to be self-aware all the time. Like, should you be, should you be so aware all the time? Like when's a moment when you should just let loose, right? Like, uh, I, I don't know, like a pool party or watching a TV show, like just get engulfed in that because technically you're still in the present moment, right? You're just, you're just here instead of here. You know what I'm saying? Cause I, cause I get like, you can't be on all the time, right? You can't baseball games, three, four hours. You can't be on for three or four hours. Like you're going to be mentally done after like, we can't be on for two minutes. Right. And like, we get distracted. 
and that's okay. And it's, I think it's important to know, like there are moments and like, maybe, maybe it's even like specific moments in the day where, okay, lock it in. Like, as soon as I get home, I need to lock it in. Like I need, to, I'm walking in the door. I need to be present with the kids, with the spouse. I haven't seen them all day, regardless of how bad my day is. Let's be here in this moment right now. And then maybe when you wind down and then you have some time, right? Like I'm going to go take some alone time. I was telling somebody earlier today, like my alone time, my, my, my sanity, my um, refresh, my reset is alone time because all I do is talk to people and I'm on all day, every day. And I have to be in the present moment to like really give my all to people. And so my getaway is no, no talking, no TV, no book, just silence. Like, and like almost letting my brain shut off. But like, you have to know what those moments are for you in order to have those and maybe implement those throughout the day. Maybe have a couple of those if you can for two minutes, you know? Hey, I need two minutes of just like, I'm going to shut my door. I'm going to lay on the ground, flatten my back, and then I'll be good. You know, like finding those moments is crucial and, and finding what works for you is, is a big part of that too. Huge routine guy, personally. Like I am, I need to have routines. And when I get off routine, my life, like I feel like I'm a mess at every level. And so if I, you know, I wake up later, I, I don't read when I usually read. I don't write when I usually write. I don't play guitar, mm -hmm. whatever. Like it's just, if I don't do it, then I don't do it. You know, if I don't mm -hmm. do it when it's supposed to happen, I don't do it. I know that about myself. And so I have, I guard those things very, Beautiful. very carefully. And because they help me with my sanity, right? Playing music is like, oh, it's just this getaway. It's this escape because there I get to be really focused about it. I'm super in on it, but it doesn't feel like it because you know, I'm not good at it necessarily. It's just <laughs> this thing that I enjoy doing because yeah. it's an escape in some ways. And I think that's really go. important to remind people. It's like when you need to be on to perform really well, dial in. When you need to escape, escape. Know that about yourself. That's what mm -hmm. self-awareness is in a lot of ways. And so, um, yeah, I, I, that's one thing I hear from you a lot in the videos. Another one is this idea of interpreting your thoughts and mm -hmm. I think they go hand in hand, but how do yeah. you do that quickly? Like if you're in the moment and you're at the plate, you know, facing a three, one count or whatever, like, and you're like, man, I'm just going to take, I'm just going to take whatever. Like, how do you get there in a, in a split second? Yeah. I love that. And the answer is if you haven't talked about it before that moment, you ain't getting there. Yeah. You're not going to do it. Like, there's no way, like, there's no way, just like, you wouldn't implement some new move, some new backhand or some new swing or some adjustment. You wouldn't try it for the first time in a game, would you? No, you're going to work your tail off, feel comfortable, own it, and then go implement it in a game. Maybe, right? You still may go back to the old thing and, and like intertwine them and balance it. And then eventually you're going to feel confident enough to just do that. And so I think that's where like the proactive comes in. Like we have to have a plan. You have to have already thought about like worst case scenario, this happens, how are you going to handle it? It's a contingency plan, right? It's like, we're not planning to fail, but if we fail, we've got a plan, like without a doubt, which, which you're going to fail, right? Like, again, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you're going to fail. And so instead of pretending like everything's going to be fine and we're not going to struggle and we're not going to fail, let's go ahead and make a plan, have it in our back pocket and be able to use that um, when we need it most. And so I, I, if you haven't done that before you get in that moment, like you can try a deep breath, but you probably are just doing that because you saw somebody else do it and it's probably not going to have a whole lot of value. Um, but if you have practiced it, you should know like whatever it is you need to hear, right? If I go up and like my palms are sweating profusely, right? And, and now I, I have 
talked about this. I know this is a side effect of me being nervous, right? Is my palm sweating and like maybe having a, um, a loose grip or something or not as, as good of a grip as I want to get, right? It's like, okay, I knew this was going to happen. Instead of interpreting this as, shoot, I'm panicking. I, I don't know what to do. My hand's like, right, I'm going to fail. I'm uh, whatever, like downward spiral. You say, okay, this, we've talked about this. This is my body telling my brain that it's ready to go to. Like, we're not just sitting on the couch watching Netflix, eating popcorn. We're about to perform. And my palms are sweaty. My body's reacting. This is my palm saying, let's go, right? And so it's like all on how you interpret it versus like, I'm freaking out. This is making me nervous. If you know that's going to happen, you can plan for it to happen and you can decide what best works for you in order to get through that moment, right? And, and turn something that could potentially hurt you or harm your performance into something that's going to help your performance. And, and that's why I don't really refer to like positive and negative self-talk because technically you could be like, oh, my hands are sweaty. Like this isn't good, right? Or you could say, oh, my palms are sweaty. Like I got this. So not all negative self-talk is hurtful self-talk right? Sometimes you need a kick in the butt, right? Sometimes you need a little motivation. Sometimes you need to tell yourself, get over yourself. I can get that. And not all positive self-talk is helpful, right? If, if he goes up there and he's like, oh, everything's fine. We got this. We're going to hit a home run, right? Not helpful, right? Your BS meter is going crazy, right? But it's like, how can we be real with a little bit of optimism in there, right? So like, okay, yes, I'm recognizing my palms are sweaty. I cannot ignore this fact because it is affecting my grip. I'm going to get some dirt, whatever I'm going to do to fix the physical problem. And then mentally I'm going to say, let's go. This is my message. Here we go. And, and get through that. So, I love but it's that. hard if you've never done it. Yeah. If you've never I thought love- about it. Yeah. It's practice, right? It's like, you're a coach. Yeah. All coaches give coach or give athletes their, you know, direct reports, whatever they give them skills to practice. So what, when the moment comes, you're ready and available. And, and so I, that's such a good message because again, it's not just sports and it's not just for coaches to athletes. It's for, you know, parents to children. It's for me, myself to tell them, Hey, you can do this when the moment comes, because right now isn't the moment practice, take it, (laughs) take the time to practice it right now. So that when something does come up, I get angry in an argument. I can handle that because that's a response that I have. So deal with it, know that it's coming and be proactive. I love it. It's, that's awesome what a concept. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're not always going to be perfect in this, but you'll be better because you've already thought about it. You'll be putting yourself in a better position for success. Right. And we say that all the time because in baseball, you can do everything right and still fail. Right. And same in life. Sometimes you do everything right and still fail, but at least you're doing things that are setting you up for the highest chance of success. That's all we can ask for in baseball. Like, like do everything in your power to be successful. And then if you are great, if you're not do it again, right? Like we're going to do it again. And so I, I think that's, that's a big piece of it is, is just preparing. And maybe it's, maybe you made it just a little bit better, but at least it was better. At least the argument lasted five minutes instead of two hours, you know, or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, like you can, you can make that, call before it even happens and just like you said it's practice it's just like anything else you're not going to implement anything new in a game rarely same with mental skills to get to be mentally tough you have to practice being mentally tough you can't just watch a motivational video you can't just read a really cool quote like that'll that can fire you up for like a minute like right before a game high pipe let's go okay fine great i love that i was into that i was the one who was giving the speeches to my team but like long term like really something that's going to impact your life 
more importantly, and your baseball career, right? Like it's gotta be, it's gotta be like long, sticky, deep stuff that works for almost any aspect of your life. Yeah. Done consistently over time. And one of our core statements is get better today. You know, how, how do we get better mm-hmm. today? Even if it's, if it's mm-hmm. a little bit. So sure. you've been fairly open on your mental sweat Mondays and kind of on your social media about, Hey, you're not perfect. We're not perfect. What's, <laughs> what's an area of the mental skills that maybe you're working on and you're still growing in? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, honestly, it's probably, I, I always have been working on my mindfulness. So I feel like I'm really good at being in the present moment because I have to be like that. If I'm going to be good at my job, I have to be in the present moment, right? If, if I'm too busy worrying about how I'm going to respond to someone or what's for lunch, like I'm going to be a horrible mental skills coach, right? Like, so I'm forced to be in the present moment, but mindfulness for myself and stepping away and finding balance and getting that quiet time to myself, like is almost impossible for me. And so I'm like always working on finding that balance because I always tell players, like, if you do anything 24 seven, like you're not going to enjoy it. Like you have to get away from it. Like part of what makes the game so amazing is like you, you're playing all year and so long and then you go home and you, you like, are like finally a break. And then like a week later, like, mm, I kind of miss it. Right. And it's like, give yourself the opportunity to miss it. Like give yourself the opportunity to miss your job. What a concept. Like you're going to go back running refreshed. And so I really, one of the things I try to implement a lot is finding that balance for me, which comes from mindfulness and, and catering to me and making sure I'm taking care of me because I'm a firm believer in you can't help. You can't give others your best if you're not your best for you. Um, and so that's something I'm always working on is, is finding that balance when I'm home, be home, when I'm at work, be at work, um, and not worrying about one or the other when I'm there. I think that's something I'm always going to have to deal with because I always want to make everybody happy and, and be great at everything. Um, and you just, it's just, you can't do that all the time. So, um, really trying to find that balance and, and get away from the game is actually the thing I work on the most right now. That resonates deeply. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It resonates deeply with me too. I'm the same way. And I think John's probably saying <laughs> yeah. the same thing. It's like, we just get lost in the moment, like yeah. in what we're doing. Cause we're passionate about it. We're excited. We're engaged. We're invested. And, and it's with people too, right? Like what we do is with people and growing people. And so it's really exciting when we see that change and yeah. that growth and you're just like, I'm there. And my wife's like, I don't like cool. Yeah. <laughs> dad right now. Can you, is that yeah. cool? You know? Yeah. And so, yeah. Is it John? Go ahead. I, no, I was, I was just going to say, like, I, I do resonate with that deeply also. And it was a challenge because earlier you said, like, are you present in this podcast? And for me, it's like, I, w- I want everything to go well, right? I want the questions to be good. I want the answers to be good. Mm-hmm. But I want, and I want to be on time and, you know, all of these things that I'm thinking about. And so that's a challenge for me. And I know that carries to other aspects of my life too. But uh, I thought, that was funny that you mentioned that because it's frustrating. Jamie, you, you talked about being successful in that and being like celebrating. Right now I'm feeling the other way. Like, oh shoot, I, ah, I gotta be better at this right now. So, But I think that's like, that's it, right? That is mental skills right there. Like, you know, in order to be the best you can be for this podcast, you should be in the present moment. Like hearing me coming up, like it's almost like we're like, yeah, but we want to be prepared. We got to do all these things. And it's like, you've prepared. Like you've already prepared, hopefully, right? That's 
another whole nother part. If you prepare, then it becomes this, like, you just got to trust yourself. And I have to trust that all of my training has led me to this conversation. And whatever you say, I'm going to have it up here to respond. And sometimes I'm like, hmm, that's really tough. Let me get back to you on that because I don't know. And I know BSing isn't the answer either. And so like, and I'm like, I'm, I'm growing on long pauses, like in conversations when nobody talks, it's like, like, right. You can't not have a pause. That's awkward. And so, but one of the things that I thought about this, and I, this was an old like grad school lesson was as awkward as you feel as the one who's like creating the pause, the person you're asking the question to is melting faster than you are. So I felt like, <gasps> and so if you stay quiet long enough, they're going to say something. And like, you didn't even have to say anything and pry on the conversation. And so, but I, I think that's such a good lesson. Like you want this to be a successful podcast and, and our brain tells us to like, think about what's the next question and what are we doing when the reality of it is you almost have to do the opposite. You almost have to just like engage totally and engulf yourself in the conversation. And then you're going to have the best podcast you've ever had. Right. And it's like, but it goes against every ounce of like what we think we should be doing. And, and that's so many conversations. I'm like, you want to get a hit. You really shouldn't think about getting a hit. You should think about like seeing the ball, right? Like basic 101 baseball. If you think about, I got to get a hit. I got to get a hit. You're probably not going to get a hit. And so it's all this like mind shift of thinking about, yes, you want to, this to be a good podcast, but the reality of it is like, how do we do that? And what do we need to do in order to achieve that? And that's like the hardest part is like trusting your training, preparing before and, and like being in the present moment. And then turns like, and then you ask, if you do all of those things, are you going to have a good podcast? Are you going to have a good game? And they're like, probably you're like, yeah, probably. But it's hard to like, let that go and just trust everything. But that's like a perfect example of a mental skill in action. So you talk about training yourself and preparing yourself. What's some stuff that you're interacting with to grow yourself to be prepared in these moments? Podcast, book. We, we love giving away some tools to use. Like, is there anything that you're engaging with right now that's like, man, that blew my mind? Yeah. So um, I'm currently reading for the second time Atomic Habits. Have you guys read that by James Clear? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's a great book. Love great it. book. Yeah. Great book. I'm reading that again. Um, I just also finished Extreme Ownership. Um, Jocko. Love that book too. Love that book. He's crazy, but love the book. And then um, I'm trying to think. And then The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F Word. Yeah. Great book. I like. I recommend that to all my overanalyzers, all my overthinkers. Those are Those are my top three right now. Hannah, we talked about your mental sweat Mondays, which is kind of your, your thing, right? How do people find you? Where can they engage with that, you know, on your social media stuff? Yeah. So, um, my favorite social media is Instagram. Um, and it's just Hannah Huseman, first and last name. Um, I also have Twitter. It's Hannah underscore Huseman, I think. And then I'm on LinkedIn for anybody who's on LinkedIn here. We're so grateful you joined us. I, like I said, I take away stuff from your videos every week. I've certainly taken some stuff from our conversation today. Um, just it, it, it's encouraging to know that what we do is, is moving in professional sports and in the culture at large. And it's, I think it's because of people like you that, you know, have this kind of energy and drawing attention to it in a really positive way. So we're, we're grateful you were, you were on with us and, Heck yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. Great questions. I loved it. Good conversation. See, great podcast. Self-awareness is the foundation of all mental performance. We build this through repetition, day after day, 
practicing being present so that we can capture our thoughts and our feelings. For me today in the podcast, it was about how do I be more present when I'm asking questions rather than worrying about the time or the right question, but rather being here right now. For some of you, you might already have developed high self-awareness. You already know what you are thinking and how you are feeling in certain situations. And you are closer to that cheat sheet, that catalog, as Hannah called it, of putting yourself in a position to be successful because you've done the work, you've practiced. And some of you may have to start at the beginning and say, this is an everyday activity like driving and I'm going to be present. I'm going to notice how I'm feeling, how, what I'm thinking. I'm going to notice a new thing along the way. And that's living eyes up. It's about identifying where you are at in your journey and taking a step today to get better. So whether you are, you've already developed this muscle of self-awareness or if you're starting new today, take a step. And as always, live eyes up.